Many years ago, I did a podcast that was titled Nickel and Diming. And it's once again, not reared its ugly head, but it's come to the surface. And we were just doing a training today. And one of the docs stopped me as we were teaching them how to layer services. Instead of bundling everything together, and we know that the ADA says bundling is fraudulent, instead of bundling, we teach offices how to layer. And Tracy went out and did a ride-along with a with one of the sales reps here, uh, with one of the dental suppliers. And she got to see firsthand in the offices what their main concern is with some of the things that we teach. And what it came down to was nickel and diming. And I think that dentists and team members need to understand we're the ones being nickeled and dimed by dental insurance companies, not the other way around. And we're going to put that little myth and that, that psychological block that people have, we're gonna put it to rest and we begin our discussion right here. Welcome all of you fantastic dental podcast listeners to the My Practice My Business Dental Podcast Show, where we help dentists profit and thrive with excerpts from the clinical business of dentistry training here at My Practice My Business. We'll be addressing and answering questions with current trends dentists and their teams face each and every day in their pursuit of this wonderful career we call dentistry. And now the host of our show, the clinical director and president at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. So Trace, I'm telling you, I, I was absolutely blown away at obstacles that you came across with office managers and other dentists um, with the, the fact that they're, they're so afraid to charge the patient for what they do because they think it's a form of nickel and diming. For example... For example, we pass a new law in the state of Utah. It's the um, Network Leasing, Downcoding, and Bundling Protections Law here in the state. So insurance companies can still bundle and downcode, but they can't force us to write things off. That's a powerful law that uh, somebody right here was the architect of. I just supported her. And it's like you're out there, and we get this law passed, and offices can now charge for local anesthetic. And yet they're like, oh, I don't know. That's like that's like nickel and diming the patient. And and then today, in training, we're we're training some wonderful offices uh, this week. And one of the docs, she she was awesome. She stopped and she goes, okay, before we go any further, I've just got to get over one thing. She goes, I've got to get over the fact that we are we're we're charging people for services that we provide, but isn't it kind of like, aren't we nickel and diming? I hate going to the hospital and seeing all the charges that I get charged for, but yet that's how hospitals, that's how medical makes money. Exactly. Well, and what's really interesting to me is, is we know from our experience that these insurance companies are identifying codes that they pay a lot for, and then they proceed to try to bundle the services. And then the next step is to say, oh, it's included and not billable. And so over time, they've conditioned us to pretty much write off services that we legitimately did. And and we've been brainwashed, so to speak, to combine services. So the minute we decide that we want to separate and actually charge for what we do, now we're the ones nickeling and diming. It doesn't quite make sense to me either, to be honest with you. It, it's like, so I've got the definition up on my computer of nickel and dime. And that's to, uh, the definition is to damage someone or something either by 
taking away many small amounts of money or by giving too much attention to details. And when I read that, there's a lot of different definitions on nickel and diming. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, you guys, we're not the ones nickel and diming. We want to be paid fairly for the services that we provide. And what cracks me up is, it, first of all, we get into direct operating costs. Now, the group, once we hit direct operating costs mm-hmm. per hour, they got it. They're like, oh my gosh, now I see why we're not profitable. Something that we teach on at My Practice, My Business, that no other consulting company dives into it the way we do. And every office has been through so many different consultants and training. They sit there and they go, oh my gosh, this is this is training like I've never seen before. We get that all the time, right? We do. And cool. so... So they go, um, they're, they're like looking at it and realizing, then they have that aha moment that that they're not nickel and diming. They, we just want to be paid fairly for what we do, meaning that we hit our direct operating costs per hour and we're trying to achieve a 30 to 50% corporate profit margin, which is still nothing. That keeps us at a wholesale business instead of being retail. Dentistry is a service business and it's also a retail business and when they when they do this it it drives me insane because when when they when they think gosh we're nickel and diming when we're just wanting to be paid fairly but the aha moment is wait a minute the dental insurance companies they've been nickel and diming us <laughs> that's who it is Oh my gosh, what do we do? And you know what's really <laughs> cool is, is is we talk about how medical bills for what they do. Sometimes they get excessive. I do agree with certain things like band-aids, right? But but mm-hmm. they bill for what they do. And I actually have a a, a coworker or somebody in in the classroom um, through the MBA program who's also a dentist. And I was explaining to him the concept of nickeling and diming and how the insurance companies are putting pressure on us to not bill for what we do. And he said, Tracy. I happen to work for the VA. They know how to bill. If I'm doing a limited exam and I need to do a pulp test, I bill a pulp test. And if if I do a pulp test and I don't actually line item it and enlist it, I get in trouble. So it's really interesting how certain entities um, are billing correctly, but yet we get pressure from the insurance companies to, ah, that's included. That's included too. It's really an interesting concept. And so when I, you know, years ago, I had that aha moment that I said to myself, insurance companies, it's like, you know, nickel and dimings when you're adding tons of charges onto a consumer Mm -hmm. to the point where you cause them to have bankruptcy. Hence, that's what the banks would do years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, there's regulatory uh, laws uh, against banking to make it more fair for the consumer. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, nickel and diming. Okay, well, I, I did a crown. I did a buildup. I did local anesthetic. I did some other codes and charges that we can charge for that I'm not going to disclose because that's our secret sauce that we train on that you can actually legitimately charge the patient under PPO contracts. It's right in the contracts, but do we read the contracts? No. So these are things we, we train on. And I'm going, this is what's laid out for us to be able to do. And yet, we freak out. We freak out over a buildup. Insurance companies are trying to get us to, to bundle buildups. Mm-hmm. And, and look what they've done with you know, OSHA codes and, and acid etch and bonding and, and other codes that they've now just forcibly caused us to, to bundle in. And that's like the reverse of nickel and diming. 
And there, there is, and so I'm just, there's no term. I tried to find, uh, what is the reverse of nickel and diming? What is the opposite? There is no definition. So I'm going to define it. The reverse of nickel and diming is called uh, PPO plans, <laughs> uh, contractual ch- changes on the annual basis of controlling what we do and what we can charge for. Well, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking of it. I'm thinking, okay, we look at our fee schedules and we say, okay, you know, we're going to charge X amount for A and X amount for B, and it's in the contract. And then all of a sudden, we don't look at those little asterisks in the fine print at the bottom of the contracts and the handbooks where, oh, yeah, well, if these two are done on the same day or within the first two weeks of each other, then they're included under this clause. And and they make all these small, minor changes to the contract and to force us to write it off. So in my sense, I'm thinking, well, gosh, they are. They're completely nickeling and diming us with that. So... Read your contracts, people. They call it, in our battles uh, with House Bill 359, they call it unbundling. We don't think it's uh, fair to the population for dentistry to unbundle procedures. Do you see how restrictive they've caused us to be with with bundling that we, we they want us to include everything? And, oh, my gosh, what was fun today with the practices we're training uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday is like when you ask the question um, – about about bundling procedures. You asked a question on buildups, and it's like, mm-hmm. have you guys noticed how many buildups, how many times the insurance, all the insurance companies now are wanting you to bundle buildups mm-hmm. in with the crown procedure? And every office, ra- you know, when when you ask the question, have you guys noticed that? Raise your hand if you've noticed that. And every hand shot up. Even the dental assistant's hand well, shot see, up. And, and, and they're <laughs> saying, we're going to fight this. We're going to fight this. But but was there a time where maybe with the asset etch and bond, they were fighting it? And then at some point, they gave up. And then we- Dentists gave up. Yeah. And then, and then they kind of just said, okay, it's included. So, so it's interesting. Is there going to be a point where dentists are going to raise their hands up and say, we fought it enough. I guess it's included now. But what was really interesting, you mentioned the insurance companies talking about unbundling. What really got to me is I think the insurance companies really want to scare us with the word fraud. Oh, of course. And, and when we were having this discussion with the insurance companies, they straight out said unbundling, which is fraudulent. And we ate him for lunch when he said that, didn't he? Well, you um, ate him for lunch. <laughs> so, so just so that you guys are aware of this, if that word's ever thrown out at you, bundling um, is fine. Is not fine. Sorry. Yeah. Bundling is not a good thing to do. Um, layering, you're being more transparent with your patient on your charges. We are doing this, 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 and here are the charges. Now, if you were to give the patient a treatment plan and then after they're done go, oh yeah, and we added this and we added that, I would consider that to be nickel and diming. That'd be nickel and diming. That's actually the definition of nickel and diming. Exactly. It's just adding additional charges after the fact, after the treatment plan's been given. And then suddenly adding adding things. Now that does happen from time to time. Sometimes we run into, you know, decay that goes into the nerve and that changes the treatment plan. But we take oral facial images take and show the patient what we're seeing. Hopefully we're all doing that and and proving the need for treatment. Well, and I, we always tell the doctors, you know, if you're in the middle of doing a, a filling on a patient and suddenly you see the tooth next to it is having some issues that maybe you didn't see on the x-ray, you need to stop what you're doing show the patient the intraoral photo and say, hey, listen, we're going to have to charge you more. Are you good with it? And having that discussion before you actually charge them. Getting permi- permission from the patient 
and being transparent with the patient, that, again, that is not nickel and diming. Mm-hmm. And so when you actually do a treatment plan for the patient and, you know, most dentist treatment plans are pretty darn accurate. Mm-hmm. We, we try not to miss any diagnosis. We try not to, you know, we try to just call it what we see the way it is. We give them a solid treatment plan with all the codes, descriptions, and fees being completely transparent. And then guess what happens? We, we execute mm-hmm. that treatment plan and we bring that patient back up to full health. And, and then we send it off to the insurance company. And then the insurance company beats us up and tries to say, well, that's inclusive, that's inclusive, that's inclusive. And that's my definition of reverse nickel and diming. So no docs, team members, you're not nickel and diming the patient when you are actually being transparent with your treatment plans and showing them what you need to do to bring them back to full health and you're charging them fairly for the services that you provide, that is definitely not nickel and diming. But again, what I find, Trace, is people people get perceived definitions in their heads that have been taught to them by other consultants, other people in the industry, and that perception, that of, of what they think a definition is, then gets set in stone. And, and then we have to, we come in with actual business training mm-hmm. by qualified people in the field of business and not just dentistry and pseudo stratified uh, achievements of activity that makes people say, I am a consultant. No. We come in with people with actual business training to teach dentists truth, the truth about contracts, the truth about state laws, the truth about running their businesses like a business. And then that's when it's like that aha moment happens, but that's what it takes. That's what it takes every single time to, to get these practices to recognize that it's okay to charge fairly for the services you provide. It is. And, you know, in a perfect situation, going back to the crown example, you get an office that actually bills out for what they do, right? The doctor needed to do an all porcelain crown. You need to do a buildup. Maybe you have to take some x-rays. And then all of a sudden, the insurance companies are nickeling and diming you to the point where you're consolidating those fees and you're getting paid less. And then we get to go onto those Facebook groups and hear people say, I'm not making enough money. Well, there's something you can do about that. Bill fairly for what you do. And that's the biggest thing. The goal with us is is to be paid fairly for your services. Well, another example, and I I just want to give one more example, and then we'll wrap this up. Ridge preservation. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Every time we do an analysis on ridge preservation, we always find that that they're charging... First of all, they should be charging for a surgical extraction. Don't even get me started on that definition. But 7210 ought to be the code. Then they charge for the the uh, placement of the ridge preservation material. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then that seems to be where half the practices stop. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, and, they're, and, they, and they don't charge for the other two major components. Mm-hmm. And that is the collagen membrane that goes over the top, and suturing. Because right in the CDT codebook, which we tried to get the ADA to remove, they've actually got bundling right in the CDT codebook, and it says right in the oral surgery category, suturing, local anesthesia, 
and post-op visits are to be included with the one single extraction code. I find that really interesting because medical doesn't do that. Veterinary doesn't do that. <laughs> but, but here's what's funny is they take and they do the, they, most offices don't even charge for the suturing. And let me give you a little bit of secret sauce here. You're not suturing for the extraction, folks. You're suturing to hold the membrane in place. Therefore, you get a charge for it. And if they try to tell you it's inclusive, come through our training. We'll teach you how to push back so you can be, you're, you are able to charge the patient and or the insurance company for it. And what's really fun in our training, we're actually able to show you insurance companies that are now paying for the membrane and suturing. It's a great thing that we do in the training that's absolutely amazing. But again, it's, that is like, is that nickel and diming the patient? No. Let me share with you what it really is. What it really is, my friends, you don't know the CDT codebook. You've never read the, that, we call that the pilot operating handbook for dentistry, okay? You don't look for opportunities. You always glum onto the obstacles because of the status quo or the Yanindi syndrome employees. The, yeah, no, I'm not doing it, okay? So if you understand the CDT codes, you understand what codes you can use to bill the patients for, and, and it's out there, and you don't listen to other consultants or people that have written books on the CDT codes that say, oh, no, you can't charge for suturing on the extraction. And again, they're like, they're clueless. They don't understand what you're charging for. It's to hold the membrane in place. But what's really funny is you'll hear consultants teach that or people that have written books on coding teach that. But when you actually know how to push back on the insurance companies in a kind way, not in an arrogant, grumpy attitude way, but you actually learn to work with the insurance players, you can actually be paid fairly for the services that you provide. It's great. That's what we teach and train on. And that's a really powerful example of, oh, but I feel like I'm nickel and diming my patients if I charge for suturing. Hello, every other medical entity charges for suturing. Why are we uh, discriminated against from being able to charge for suturing? That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. That's four codes with doing rich preservation, we have four more, a total of eight codes that we use all the time for ridge preservation that's right in the contracts that you can do for the patient to provide value-added service. But that's the problem. You need to understand that, that bundling is fraudulent and or potentially fraudulent, and that being transparent and charging for what we do, that's not being fraudulent. That's actually being transparent to the patient so they understand the services that you're providing and you can be paid fairly for those services. That's like a really big thing of mine, isn't it? I like it's really It's all about being that. paid fairly for what you do and standing your ground with certain things. Um, I, I love it when we get to go through the training, especially tomorrow, where we get to really sit down with these anatomy and procedures and, and the correct way to, uh, to bill, the correct way to get paid, how to fight these insurance companies. And we've seen... Insurance companies paying for many of these procedures. It's the coolest thing. But how are you going to get paid? How are you going to get to the insurance companies to to start to pay you? If, if you, you don't bill for it. Exactly. If you don't bill for what you do. And then what happens is the patient, when they don't cover it, the patient goes to their HR department. And then what happens? Oh, this is the fun part. When you, when, you, when you educate your patient and you're telling them about the services and when you're talking to them about what their insurance will and won't cover with confidence because 
we pretty much know what's not going to be covered. Then the patient is now in a position where they are going after their HR saying, did you did you know you signed up for a an insurance company that won't pay for this? Then the HR gets involved. And that's where it gets really fun. Because as a result of the HR saying, hey, listen, insurance company, either either you cover this, or we're going to go somewhere else with our 300 employees. Now the pressure's on the insurance companies. And as a result, we're starting to see some really amazing codes paid on um, quite a bit of money too, which is really cool. And I think that has a lot to do, you know, I'm not going to give kudos to the ADA at any given time for some things, you know, that they don't do. But this is where we got to give kudos to the ADA because the overturning of the McCarran-Ferguson Act Mm -hmm. is actually starting, we're starting to see competition amongst the insurance companies and they don't want to lose clients. Nope. And they're now saying, gosh, maybe we better cover this or the employer group's going to go somewhere else because they're not colluding with each other. And now they have, it's actually going to drive competition. That's what my take is on the overturning of the McCarran-Ferguson Act. There's some other things that are not so good about the overturning of it, but we'll leave those for another day. That's going to be another day. <laughs> okay. It's a whole new one. Do you have anything else to you're thinking about on this uh, nickel and diming and, and being able to charge for the things that we do? Just a little paradigm shift in that thinking. Don't let the insurance companies nickel and dime you. Enough is enough. That's awesome, hun. Well, I just want to thank everybody for being with us here today uh, on YouTube. This is our uh, first launch on the video portion of of what we do here at My Practice, My Business. We hope this has been uh, informative, and we hope that uh, all of you investigate what we do and that you learn dental truths and don't be misled. If you want to learn more about how to be profitable with PPO plans, like and subscribe to our channel. Thank you so much, and you guys have a great day. Thank you for being with us today. Since 2006, My Practice, My Business has been teaching dentists and their teams business skills, dental insurance contractual protocols, and state laws governing how to profitably bill patients fairly for the need-based services they provide. What's more, we guarantee our training, unlike other dental consulting companies in the industry. Simply stated, if you don't increase your net revenue, we don't get paid. We call it dental consulting the way it should be. We believe there has never been a more important time than now for dentists to experience and implement our key methods, knowledge, and business training within their dental practices. To learn more about our guaranteed, no-risk clinical business of dentistry training that is changing dental practices for the better, just go to our website, mypracticemybusiness.com, and surf our pages for additional information about our company and the services we provide. When you're ready, give us a call and get scheduled for the most profitable dental business training that you will ever experience. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a five-star review. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to call us. Thank you again and have a fantastic day.